Kia ora. Our mates over at Auckland Theatre Company and Prayers Theatre are gearing up for a season of A Fine Balance, and they're releasing a four-part podcast for an insight into the world of the play before you see the show, so we thought we'd share it too. The first episode discusses the history of Indira Gandhi's state of emergency in the 1970s, which is at the heart of Rohindran Mysteries' A Fine Balance. Make sure you head to qtheatre.co.nz to pick up tickets for A Fine Balance, June 14th to July 6th. Hello and welcome to Script to Stage for A Fine Balance. Every week leading up to the opening night of A Fine Balance at Q Theatre, we'll be sitting down with the makers behind Auckland Theatre Company and Prayas Theatre's season to chat about the world of the play and the creatives behind it. I am Shananda Chatterjee, Assistant Director for A Fine Balance. And this week we have uh, Amit Adedar, who's the Prayas producer and cultural and historical advisor. Hi, I'm Tankul. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Shananda. Um, so for the benefit of everybody else, because I already know this, um, can you please give us a little bit of your background uh, and Prayas? Right. Prayas, as you know, is, um, was established in 2005. So this is our 14th year running. So we do Indian plays in English uh, for the wider audience uh, in New Zealand. Um, and our motto, our goal was to uh, to spread a minority culture to a wider audience in New Zealand. Um, I am the founding member and president of Prayas. And I have, in the initial years, directed many plays mm-hmm. until you guys took over, the likes of you and Ahi, who yeah. have shared the burden. Yeah. And the last one being... Um, I directed with you, Dara, last year. Yeah, that was quite momentous for us, Absolutely. wasn't it? Like, finally, the, the, what is it, the Chela and the Guru worked together, Absolutely. which is the, the, the student and the teacher. Amitanku, we did this play in 2015, um, and it was really successful for us and quite momentous at that time. So why, again, why now are we doing this play? Well, I think uh, as, a, as a play, it is very strong. Mm-hmm. And as you know, the the play is based on Rowenton Mystery's epic uh, novel by the same name. And it covers a period in the modern Indian history which touched, affected so many people. And there are lessons to be taken from the play or from the, from the story as yeah. such. Because that was the only time when India's democracy was in a in severe threat. India is the largest democracy uh, in the modern world. And at that point in time, in 1975, Indian constitu- constitution was suspended. Right. Civil liberties curtailed. Mm-hmm. Press censorship never in, ever in India has faced, where newspapers were blackened and a huge amount of pressure censorship was yeah. done. Apart from various other excesses we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, so there is a there is a strong um, uh, relevance of that story mm-hmm. to be told uh, to a wider audience. Yeah, so that's when ATC when ATC approached us, uh, especially um, Lynn Cardi, mm-hmm. you know, who saw our play, our work, and and um, found this uh, a a good moving, moving yeah. uh, story to be told. Yeah. As a, as a joint production mm. to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. So that's been basically the motivation. 
the fine balance is set in a time of India's history where when Indira Gandhi declares a state of emergency. And the reason she cites, and this is a this is a copy of the declaration, and this is what it says. So the following proclamation of emergency by the President of India, dated the 25th of June in 1975, is published for general information. The proclamation of emergency in exercise of the powers conferred by Clause 1 of Article 352 of the Constitution, I, Fakhruddin Ali Ahmed, President of India, by this proclamation declare that a grave emergency exists whereby the security of India is threatened by internal disturbance. So can you tell me what internal disturbance they were referring to? In the... uh Mrs. Gandhi was the third prime minister mm-hmm. of India. So uh, she came to power in 1967. And in 1971, she fought her sec- you know, the second term uh, under. Around that time, India waged a war against Pakistan and liberated Bangladesh, if you know that, that was part of the, the history. That was in 1971, when Bangladesh was formed. Okay. India intervened because, and for good reason, mm-hmm. and um, was instrumental in um, forming Bangladesh mm-hmm. at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And she, um, you know, at the back of it, she was very, very popular at that time. And she mm-hmm. had really took in that first part of her first term, so to say, uh, of her prime ministership, some quite radical step uh, in terms of um, reforming the economy. India wasn't, and another big one that she took was what was called known as the Green Revolution, where you know there were some massive irrigation projects and this and, up north in up north Haryana, in Punjab yeah, yeah. In, in in North India. Mm-hmm. Um, but by 1973, approximately, the her government was riddled with hyperinflation, corruption, unemployment. You know, these sort of issues came up and there was a nationwide movement that was started mm. by a gentleman called Jay Prakash Narayan, who mm. was a Gandhian uh, politician. Yeah. Um, and it was called Sarbodaya Movement, which is largely student movement. Yeah. And there were lots of strikes like the National Railway Strike, etc. Yeah. That went on for about a couple of years oh, wow, together, okay. it, you know. Uh, and on the side, the Im- immediate motivation for her was there was, you know, she she used to stand from uh, uh, the constitu- constituency uh, for her parliamentary seat was in um, a place called Rai Beruli, which is in Uttar Pradesh. Mm-hmm. And she'd been, you know, standing there and being elected, you know. And um, her rival, who was from the Socialist Party, called a gentleman called Rajnarayan, mm-hmm. He had brought a case in the Allahabad High Court. This is happening, say, around 73 or so, you know, um, challenging that election that she had done, uh, carried out some electoral malpractices. Right. And in 1975, sometimes in early June, the High Court ruled against her. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, and it was very trivial in the sense that, you know, there were 12... um, Items mm-hmm. in the in in the in that court case, mm-hmm. and they found two, and she, uh, the judge found her guilty of two technical offenses, and they're very funny. One of them was that she um, addressed a, a gathering, 
right. from a um, from a rostrum which is higher than that is prescribed oh, wow. by a foot or something you yeah. know and the second one was i think his election agent a gentleman called yashpal kapoor who was his personal secretary he used to be in a government role now as per the indian electoral law if you joined and become an agent electoral agent of a of of a candidate, candidate. you got to quit Um, uh, you yeah. cannot be in a government service. So you're service. talking about Indira Gandhi's uh, personal secretary. secretary, who ultimately became personal secretary at okay. that time. The, at the time of election, he was his election, her election agent. Right. So Mr. Kapoor was in government employment. Mm-hmm. He resigned, mm-hmm. but by the time he started to do, he was in his notice period. Let us put it. Put it. So he was. He resigned, mm-hmm. but he started before that three-month period yeah, expired yeah. or something. So a very mm-hmm. trivial thing. And the High Court allowed her to um, go to Supreme Court and appeal. So right. probably had she... Had she gone there? Gone there, she would have, she would have, won, have, won, it. Have won it anyway. anyway yeah. But... Um, <clears throat> but they were just the, trying to challenge her... and no and the the movement opposition mm-hmm. who were in the you know you know there was a big movement going on anyway for the reasons uh, i i just uh, said they demanded uh, there was a huge rally in boat club in delhi and demanded uh, her resignation and all that so yeah. there was a bit of a turmoil yeah. going on so i think uh, based on the advice from her uh, you know close group etc uh she rather than going into an arbitration process with the supreme court which could go 50-50 she took the safer path of she took the safer <laughs> path of declaring <laughs> declaring an emergency. emergency in and um, you know yeah. and she by the time she was quite fed up with the with the way she was cornered so on 25th of june essentially and i remember this being a you know school student at the mm. time I was in high school and the next day when the newspaper came out this is in calcutta mm. and there were these large sections of the front page was blackened out because there was press censorship there and in delhi so immediately this was on 25th june evening yeah so it was declared on 25th of june, of june yeah. ratified on 26th of june mm. so on 26th of june when the press you know the, paper the, the papers out. are coming out yeah. they have got these blackened portions yeah. because the you know censorship has occurred you know and in fact i uh, i'm pretty sure this i'm what i'm saying is correct in delhi the entire all the um, newspaper offices powers were shut so they uh-huh. couldn't there were no editions they couldn't of, be printed either on in delhi in, in delhi, delhi. Right. in calcutta i remember we came out but there were these black right. strips yeah. on the front page So the the state of emergency why do you think she declared that in the end did she want the power was Yeah absolutely I think I think in in, in the balance that was would have been the primary motivation yeah. and apart from that I think um yeah I mean power sort of makes you megalomaniac in, in a way doesn't it I mean yeah. that is history has shown her, yeah. and she was no different to yeah. that So you've already started touching on this so um what exactly then went down so you've touched on the 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 censorship of press and um, what else happened oh, what else did she bring yeah in? yeah basically you know the other thing that happened on 25th of june mm-hmm. was also that the entire opposition leaders all of them all of them all, all, except for rss <laughs> which is the uh, as you know the hindu nationalist the yeah. rast um uh, hindu nationalist uh, party party yeah, sang yeah. and so. um, cult except for them 
rest of, on, on entire political spectrum from left to the right and the center and they were all, all put, in prison. Put, yeah. That that's on, interesting because if, if anytime you look up a headline that's the one that comes up first. Yes. Um and it lists leaders basically across, across the, the spectrum. Yeah, yeah very yeah. all the top leaders were yeah. put into Every, jail. Like and but they they were you know they were they were there in the you know in a proper prisons but yeah, the, yeah. what at the back of it thousands upon thousands mm-hmm. of people were polit- made political prisoners and the indian constitution didn't allow that you cannot put people in jail i mean it's in any democracy you have to bring in charge yeah to get around that they brought in an ordinance called misa which is called uh, maintenance of internal security act something, something like that, like that. Okay. yeah misa it's it's a draconian rule where you can sort of keep people in prison without bringing in charge for a period of i think 6 months wow. and then you know so that's a long long time mm. and so you know so that was quite so were all the political leaders in jail for 6 months more than that they more were than... they were only released on 18th of january yeah 1877 when when she lifted the emergency oh, okay so the, everybody else was in jail until that time until that, yeah, yeah. so and you said that there was thousands of people who were also incarcerated what thousands of people so these people are initially so emergency are if you go into that phase when when the emergency is declared the first part is mainly the civil liberties so yeah. no strikes Okay. So you can't strike action. Yeah. Yeah, so you can so all those uh, demonstration and strikes that were going on they were put, you know, immediately right. the stop. The leaders are taken in. The the political activists are put into So the activists uh, are, are taken in. Yeah. There is a press censorship. Yep. You know, so so these are the main effects mm-hmm. that we felt in the first 6 odd months. Right. And that's when you know it's very interestingly people actually the entire you know especially uh, in big cities mm. in in the middle class mm. uh, is virtually supported um the measures cool because trains trains suddenly uh, started running on time <laughs> you know yeah. all the government offices you know were functioning you know yeah. that kind of thing mm. so there was a sudden and there was a shock through the system and people love uh, yeah. you know liked it yeah. the the other excesses that happen and that's possibly more to do what we would you'd seen the in in the play mm-hmm. which are to do with the excesses that affected millions of possibly um, yeah. you know people to the general masses mm-hmm. um uh, happened more you know well 6 to 8 months into the uh, emergency mm-hmm. so so initial part was more to do with the with the liberties and the political side of things yeah. whereas those excesses came in later we can talk more about yeah. that so, so you already again started touching on the fact of how people were reacting to it so the general public not who are say not related to political activism or um you know the middle class you touched upon like there at this stage they're quite like okay yeah, the trains are working and the government servants are coming to work on time what else and who else was affected and what are the other ways that people the the populace was affected well um in terms of if you talk about the population first yeah. uh, the population i mean if you're talking about the 
so if you break break it down in terms mm-hmm. of the population, the middle class and upper class, um, upper middle class people, possibly they they supported and they were hardly affected right. uh, by these right. measures. In fact, as you say, they might be in support. Yeah, they, they were supportive. Yeah, supportive of these things because suddenly they, things are running like clockwork. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, yeah. And the poor people in the first phases, you know, they are. Virtually, they they're carrying on with their daily doldrums mm. that they mm. they used to, and this you see in the play as well. Yeah. And but six or eight months into it, mm. when Mrs. Gandhi, this is another twist to it. So Mrs. Gandhi is bringing has brought in younger son, yeah, Sanjay Gandhi, yeah, and who's been groomed mm. to be the next the next, uh, prime next prime minister yeah. very clearly. Mm. So he's a He's an upstart, and he identifies. He's got this what is called the five point program, mm. and his mother, as in the prime minister, has got what is in famous twenty, 20 point, point program. program. Yeah. We forget about the five point program, which is much more draconian actually, and which mostly which affected the yeah, by by the son. Yeah, and one of them was um, the family planning issue, right? And the other one was. Um, um, which is part of the twenty-point program, which is called the Garibi Hatao, and I will translate that reading uh, India of poverty, remove which, poverty, remove poverty. Yeah. Mm. So, <clears throat> so Sanjay Gandhi picked on the remove poverty from his mother's twenty-point program, and you know his interpretation where these by removing poverty, I'll remove these slums from the from the streets yeah. of uh, right. Delhi. And, um, so kind of took it to the other extreme. Other extreme, like, absolutely. Yeah. Like literally extreme. getting rid of these people yes. who sit here. Yeah, and his another passion was that India had a population problem, which India had. Mm. Um, continues so, to have. Yeah, continues to have. But his um, his antidote yeah. to uh, to that was um, to carry out, you know, that there was, yeah, the sterilization program, as they call it, you know. And um, so the first effect of it in the urban centers was in Delhi, a place called Turkman Gate, mm-hmm. which is near Old Delhi, yeah. near the Red Fort. Yeah. And there was a huge slum, largely Muslim population. And um, they cleared the entire slum. There were so they protests. just bulldozed, bulldozed the whole slum? Bulldozed, absolutely. Bulldozed. And what did they do with the people that were there? They removed them and they moved to another settlement just, outside Delhi. So, oh, so they just literally got rid got of the eyesore. Rid, yeah, so you move them 50 kilometers away or 20 kilometers away. Right. Another, right. Uh, in Did they resettle them properly or was it just like you no longer ha- can stay here so you have to go? Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, you, you're giving you this kind of land you can make your own oh, So they did give them land? Yeah, I think so. That's okay. how I, uh, I remember it, yeah, mm. yeah. Now did you get, you know, um, those, they were not properly settled. That is very, very clearly established. But how man-to-man they were dealt with is not very clear. Okay. Um, so, but definitely not not dealt with properly. Right. And, and sure. this was, so this was one part. Then you spoke about the sterilization. So tell that us is more the about next that. one. That is the next one that right. they, and that had, you know, that was really, whereas the slum clearance was mainly, mostly in the bigger cities, mm. the the sterilization program was, you know, they were enacted throughout the country, especially in the rural hinterland. Right. And that had an enormous, um, you know, effect. And what 
you know, in, in terms of the play or or the book, mm-hmm. it travels through, you know, the, you know, it starts before, slightly before the um, emergency and goes on until slightly well after. after. Yeah. yeah, well after, yeah. yeah. So in the play, you would notice that, you know, the, uh, in the initial phases, mm-hmm. the tailors, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, Ishwar and Om, they're talking about the uh, about the emergency, yeah. and and they're saying, ah, there's something going on politically. It really doesn't we affect them. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we have yeah. to look for our uh, bread. Uh, so then we can assume that they're kind of in that first six months period. Yeah, that's the first six months period, and at, in that first and that parallelly, you see um, Dina, mm. and she's already in the business. She's not met Ishwar and Om. But she's got going to um, what's her name, Mrs. Gupta, mm. you know, who's the um, the business owner. That mm. she's the exporter, basically. Yeah. She's talking about the emergency and you know, how things are shaping up. Mrs. Gandhi yeah. has uh, you know implemented, yeah. and things are now moving. You know, yeah. the rule of law is happening. Yeah. No more strikes, etc. Yeah. And which we see in Nuswan Dinas. And they are representative of those, that middle class section that we just spoke about. And we see that happening. The business, upper middle class, sort of like who are um, benefiting from that. Yeah. And then in in the latter part of the play, as as, uh, Ishwara and when they are working for Dina, and then initially they slum. You know where the slum clearance happens, yeah. right? So yeah, they, and the, that's featured in the play. In the play, beautification of, of the area. of the city. Yeah. That part we see, and and then they they lose their home, and you know, yeah. the, uh, and their life starts. You know, gets more entrenched with Dina's life, and Dina, you know, they started staying in Dina's place. Then, when they go back to, to the village. village for um, Om's marriage, yeah. And that's when you see not only the um, uh, at a certain level, which you know we see that potency peddler, for instance, right. you know, yeah. when and he's actually and that's that's very common in the potency peddler, mm. you know, that that used to happen as a as a cultural thing, and you, know, you find them in 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 uh, various people. These these are little, <laughs> yeah. and they do they they just actual con artists, con artists yeah, and and they're great salesmen. So these are all these wonderfully colorful characters that we meet at the market. But something really awful happens to them when they go to that rural, so that rural setting like you were talking about. So that's where we start to see the strata of society being affected by the sterilization part of. Yeah, absolutely. The idea was voluntary. And if you do the, do a vasectomy um, you get a radio. Sorry, sorry. No, you get two hundred rupees or a radio yeah. or yeah. whatever. There was some prize, some and, incentives. Yeah, yeah. incentive. Okay. And the so that initially it didn't had many takers. That's when because they were not hitting the numbers and to please the higher ups. And it was, I mean, also politically, it was given that that bit of license. So they had like mandated um, quotas. Yeah, that you got to sort of do, more you do, yeah. you have, you know, for the politicians, maybe the, the village politicians, the the motivation could be a ticket for the next election. Right. In the, in, you know, so so he's implementing that. And the police could be the, you know, that um, uh, you have the, you know, a bit of money from the, from mm. the politicians flowing through mm. these so and and the for the bureaucrats could be the 
KPI that he's you know he won't be transferred to an awkward place yeah. if he has uh, if he's hitting the number. Yeah. So these incentives were being um, uh, created, and that formed the nexus. Happens and without what, giving up too much yeah, of like yeah, for the people so. who haven't read the novel, uh, we don't want to give up its ending. But so it leads to some things, and then they go back to their lives, and they have changed yeah. dramatically afterwards. Um, how did did it affect the sort of the characters which are Dina and above or Nuswan? Did they did they get anything else? Did they see any any negative effects or did they feel anything different to? See what happened also was that you know the when the sh- the focus shifted to you know uh, India being a democracy. I mean it's, it's the resilience of the of the country. Okay. I think you know you would find that in. Uh, we all got used to it. Some, uh, I mean, I can, I, I can remember that that bit. Say, what should I say? Because in nineteen, latter part of nineteen seventy six, I'm in the university, and I, in that last six months, mm. so I start university in um, uh, in July seventy six, and the emergency got lifted in January seventy seven. So right. let us say about six last months. Six months. Those six months, you know the. On our day-to-day life, it I I I think everybody got used, used to, to what uh, trains are already started. You know, gone back to their usual <laughs> routine, that kind of thing. You know, it it, it fizzled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the hawkers are coming back to the street. Right. That kind of stuff is happening in the city, yeah. whereas these extreme excesses excesses are happening in the, in the rural, rural area. area. You know, I still remember going to, in, as part of our university, um, you know, the first year thing, we had a thing called NSS, which is yeah. called the National Service Scheme, where you, where the students are supposed to do some volunteering work in the villages. So we go <coughs> to a camp in the village and we are yeah. put up in a in a health center kind of thing, yeah. and, which is there's got a, some living quarters around surrounding it. And we are doing, you know, uh, innocent stuff like, um, you know, chicken pox uh, vaccination and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And in the evening, we find these people, you know, there are these, you know, there's a little surgery room in that health center. And and literally, I still remember that man moaning and he's been brought in. You could feel it. He's been brought in for a vasectomy. vasectomy Oh, my God. Has been and been done, and he's definitely he's, he didn't want to do it because he's crying. Yeah. So I still this is vivid in my memory. This is around October, November. That's wow. So you come back to the city, you don't. You don't feel really that, feel yeah, any. Totally removed. Yeah. Mm. That's amazing, isn't yeah, it? Like yeah, it's such a vast country that sometimes you have all these excessive things happening and. And you don't even feel it on the other yeah, side. Yeah, oblivious. And in the play also, you see, you yeah, know, in the end, too. towards the end, isn't it? And this yeah. one is saying, ah, it's, it, she needs to come up with some new things. Yeah. These things are not, yeah. uh, you know, people yeah. have got used They're to They're so it. removed, the far yeah, yeah, removed. Yeah. Like so the, the, the rich are really rich and the poor are really poor. Absolutely. And the extremes are quite extreme, aren't they? Like, yeah, it's 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 a... It's a, it's a total <laughs> disconnect, I think, in, um, in, in terms of... Yeah. I think that's human nature, and 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 you can translate that into in larger societies across yeah. across the world. You yeah. know, there is this total disconnect from, you know, the circle, the uh, societal context that you're living in. Mm. You're almost living in a bubble, 
and you you don't care what is happening yeah. outside it and even you know? if you do cuz we you know in ours even if the upper middle class kind of like have interactions with the other classes because they're they're service providers of some description you know like irons cleans that kind of stuff but that but what you're describing is that the the rural aspect which is actually like distance in kilometers and you you really there's no news traveling or maybe it's different now i don't know but um, yeah i mean those days i mean the, I there's mean, no internet now no. <laughs> so, yeah um so there's the yeah it's really hard to yeah it's really hard to imagine that news would have traveled at yeah, all but i can know? tell you that even not, even today i think it's you know it is worse i, I it won't be and people wouldn't care i i think yeah. you know in a way the middle class that the slum i mean i couldn't believe it but then you know the people you know pe- people that we know perfectly all right you know this is our you know around uh, around us the slums being cleared people are saying you know that's a nice yeah. or that's the right right thing yeah. to do and it's you not know, something a- it's not something that was isolated because i remember even growing up not so long ago when um in delhi and the slums kept getting moved off the streets yeah. or you know yeah. constantly and they just came back and they just got cleared again and they just came back and they just got cleared like this is a cycle i feel like it doesn't stop but every time there is something that the political leader decides that oh we need to make the city pretty it's like let's just take yeah. all these poor people yeah. and yeah. put them somewhere yeah. they can't live really then they will come back and they come back years. part is quite important because in, in a in a if you look at a totally Terrian society like say China for mm. instance they just ask you to sort of just go yeah you know you, you think about the chinese development model you know they resettle i mean it's, it's mm. a slightly different story but then again without they won't ask the people whether you know whether you want to move or not yeah and the moving back is not an option at yeah. all i mean i know, don't so. know if they get the option to move back in india either they just do Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the resilience that we kind of the hope that the play potentially wants to leave us with is that that resilience of the people and and hope. There are certain certain positive things that happen uh due to emergency, you know, in terms of the I'm just talking about the political democracy here mm-hmm. and uh the firstly 1977 when the emergency is lifted and she's in his in his supreme confidence she declares um an election she didn't have done that but she did it and uh, the opposition who were behind the jail together and they formed a united front so you know and and there's a um opposition government in power in I think it was March or April I can't remember in 77. So, so she 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 loses the election. She loses the that election that she yeah, calls she because lo- she's super confident yeah. that she's going to yeah. okay. She loses the election. The new government comes into play and that was the first time uh, India became free in uh, 1947 since, since, since independence. 
from the, the British. Yeah. So after thirty years, mm-hmm. the first government, non-Congress government, comes to power. Right. So Indian democracy becomes, I think, in a way more mature. More mature, yeah. And uh, you know, and then kind of reaches the, yeah adulthood. Adulthood, yeah, mm, yeah, for sure. And that government, you know, sort of fizzles out in three years because the yeah. you know these are disparate groups yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know of various political belief. And so she comes nice back in power. Like, she comes back know. to power in three years yeah. in 1980. 80. But, but. Within that three years, that op- that government, that opposition government, passes. You know, the first thing that they attacked was on um, correcting the constitution. Okay. So it brings in what is a very very important amendment to the con- constitution called Forty Fourth Amendment, mm-hmm. which makes you know earlier the as you read from that gazette, yeah, um, it said. Uh, internal disturbances or something. Yeah, India threatened by Yeah, so yeah. that was not possible. Right. That so you cannot declare emergency, emergency based on uh, based on just internal disturbances. Right. It has to be violent In- uprising. A that, violent uprising. Okay. Uprising that is that is the criteria and has to be passed by two thirds majority in both houses. Right, good. Which is again, you know, another backstop. You know, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that so just checks and balances. Just, yeah. yeah, and so it has become quite, you know, and quite robust. Quite, quite robust. So you know, as you know, in India, in the last five years, the in, 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 in we are going through an election now, isn't it? Mm. In India, so um, last five years, the BJP, which is the Hindu nationalist government in power and given a choice, possibly they would have loved to... They would have squeezed this, it, yeah, yeah, for all its <laughs> But it's not possible okay. for them to well, sort of good. do. <laughs> so, so that's uh, yeah. that's, uh, that's a uh, positive thing, I think. By the way, I just want another interesting fact in, the, in that amendment, 44th Amendment, which is happening between 1977 and 1980, mm-hmm. right? So those th- in those three, in those three years. years. And um, she... Uh, in 1977, she lost her own seat in uh, Raiburali, which Raiburali. was a shock, which was a shock to her. But she fought another election in south of India. Okay. In, in a place called Chikmagalur, which mm-hmm. is in Karnataka. And she came, became an MP and she comes back to the parliament and she votes for the 44th Amendment. As in, you know, which makes an emergency. Uh, so know, she so kind of assumes that the opposition will try and do it. Do it or, you know, she has a change of heart or she goes with the political um, uh, feeling or the popular mm. feeling at that point in time. Because by then, these excesses have become really, really um, very, very well known, you know. So, yeah. so the mood. Whatever the happens to Sanjay Gandhi? He dies. 1980, she comes back. So 1980, there is another election. She comes back to power, mm-hmm. uh, and Sanjay Gandhi is. Well, I mean, she, he he is the on the party side. He's he's the second in command kind of thing. But he dies of uh, of a plane accident. So he was a pilot, you know, like a right. so he, not pilot meaning he he used to fly in a small aircraft so, and all that. So, so yeah. and uh, he died of a just oh, about an accident. yeah, just about five hundred yards from. Her mother's uh, home. Oh, interesting. That's where that's the plane crashed. Uh, so that happened, and um, and in the in her that term in 1980, uh, there was a separatist movement in Punjab by mm-hmm. the Sikh, which is called the Khalistan, Khalistan movement. movement. They wanted an independent state for the Sikh uh, people. Mm-hmm. So that got quite out of hand. It was a. It was a. In a violent movement, 
and um, she took a long cut a long story short she took the decision of sending the troops into the golden temple where these terrorists were uh, you know were uh, holed in and that created a bit damage to the to the holy shrine so to say you know and yeah, uh, yeah. and and that eventually led to her assassination. So yeah, she had her, she had her, her own down. own uh, you know bodyguards Body yeah. who were Sikh soldiers, mm. and she was advised to change them, change but them. she but she refused to do that. That is again her supreme confidence. Yeah, and she's uh, you know gunned down mm. one morning. I think it was thirty first of October, nineteen eighty four, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the current situation in government in India, um, do you think we would have had, uh, we could have had another emergency had the 44th Amendment not been brought into place? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you cannot deny that Mr. Modi, who is the current prime minister, he's also you know quite a strong personality like Mrs. M- <laughs> <laughs> like Mrs. Gandhi, and yeah. and I I think. Um, uh, you know he he has those similar tendencies and given a choice mm. you know a, a had those 44th amendment which we spoke about mm. you know to create those checks and balances um he my guess is that he he, he would have done that or he would he given give, put into similar pressure kind of situation he he would um he would do you know love to do bring yeah. in another emergency if we were to summarize the legacy of Mrs. Gandhi based on the period of emergency, how would you go about that? What motivated her? The motivation definitely was, um, you know, like probably any 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 person with dictatorial uh, tendency would have that, you know, he or she knows what is best for the people that yeah. um, he or she rules. And uh, and and that goes with power as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, it, because she she was, if you look back, she was losing control of the situation, and uh, she was really put into um, politically put into a corner. Mm-hmm. And her way of reacting was bringing bringing back control. Mm-hmm. And that's where these things about you know discipline, work is ethics, you know work is religion, and those sort of you know uh, slogans were created, you know, and um, and 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 that that I think yeah that is power and control that was that was there in her heart. Maybe she she yeah. thought that's that's the best she could do for yeah. uh, uh, for the Indian yeah. people. And, the but the consequences of that, she probably didn't fully, it probably didn't fully actualize in her head uh, as to how how deeply Sanjay, how far Sanjay could take that. In yes. The, in the you mean about sense, in terms of the excesses? In yes. the excesses. Yeah, I think yeah. I think she she got inkling, and, and I don't think she took much notice initially how far it, it stretched. Reason why I say this because. Uh, when she uh, lifts the emergency, there's a, no apparent reason because you know things are settled down. There's no pressure. There's no um, uh, political opposition. Yet she, one fine morning, she declares, and the sun learns it from the and radio I announcement know, radio. and the All India Radio, 
you know, mm. so which tells us that she lost confidence in her son to a certain extent, mm. you know. Um, yeah. And I think, I don't think, because as, as I said, I mean, the, that family planning business, the sterilization business was not part of those 20 points. 20 that point it, program, yeah. Yeah, it's she... more of the, the five-point program of Sanjay. Cool. Mm. Hey, Uncle, thank you so much for chatting to us. And that was really quite uh, educational. And uh, yeah, and hopefully when people come and watch the show, it'll be, they'll be more informed having, yes, wa- having heard this. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for your time and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. And now you can see the show. Rohinton Mysteries of Fine Balance is at Q Theatre from June 14th to July 6th. You can pick up tickets now at qtheatre.co.nz.